What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central. Sometimes you can hear me, sometimes you can't. All kidding aside, welcome into the show. It is presented to you by our friends over at FinmanMazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. And remember that for more Cowboys content, you can check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got a lot of Cowboys articles up there every single day. News, analysis, opinion, a little bit of, of everything. And it's going to get exciting once the regular season starts. We will have some preview pieces. We will have some recap articles as well. So that will be fun. And of course, you will catch me every single night here on primetime. And tonight, by the way, we will talk about some roster questions, specifically a big one at wide receiver. Michael Gallup's health status really plays a big factor into how the Cowboys' final 53 will look like because there's a big question that we really don't know the answer to. For most of the offseason, we have talked about the fact that the Cowboys will not have Michael Gallup for the first few weeks of the season. But we really don't know how many of them he will actually miss. Michael Gallup has confirmed that he will not be ready to go in week one, but you've got Todd Archer reporting that he could miss two games only. We've got people pretty much assuring us that he will miss four weeks. There are some saying that six weeks, some saying eight games. So we have not had any sort of clarity about where Michael Gallup stands in his recovery. The only thing, the, the only couple of things we know, according to what the team has said publicly and Gallup has said publicly, is that he will miss game number one versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, Tom Brady will be playing in that game. He is back from his family vacation. He was not in the mask singer. He is back. And then number two is, the, the number two thing we know about Gallup's recovery is that there have been no setbacks. So he is trending in the right direction but my question from me to you guys is in the chat and by the way do me a favor and hit the like button because every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans gut feeling is Gallup on IR slash pup to start the season or does he remain a healthy scratch the question being do the Cowboys think he could be ready to say uh, for say game three of the regular season and if so if so he should be an an active roster player to put it one way and he would be taking one spot out of the 53 so what's your gut feeling will he be on ir pop to start the season or is he a healthy scratch because this is a wide receiver room and this is where things get uh interesting in my opinion say that you are the dallas cowboys and you think he will be back by week three or week four, he's taking up a roster spot. Now, the Cowboys do play some tough games early in the season, so you want him to be back as soon as possible. You don't want to rush him back. You don't want to re-risk an injury. But if you think he will be ready for week three or week four, you carry him on that roster, probably. Week four is a little bit more controversial, right? And if that's the case, it gets 
Very interesting because you've got CeeDee Lamb right now. You've got CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, Simi Fehoko, Tar Turpin, and Houston. Those are the six wide receivers that are likely to be in this 53-man roster when the final cuts are made. But if Gallup is ready to go week three, you carry him, and what do you do? Do you have seven wide receivers on the team? Or do you maybe surprisingly cut Dennis Houston or maybe Simi Fehoko? Because I will tell you what, the players that are locks to make this team uh, at wide receiver, you know, obviously Lamb, Tolbert, Noah Brown is a roster lock. Simi Fehoko is starting to look like one, but I, I don't know that he is 100% yet. Kevante Turpin is a roster lock, just based on the comments by Mike McCarthy after Saturday's game. He was asked if he's making the 53, and then he just laughed, and he said, you know what? There's a high chance he returns kicks versus Tampa Bay, and he is the team specialist, and after two touchdowns on Saturday night, he will be there. Now, Gallup obviously either starts some pop or IR. I mean, he, he will be a part of this team when he comes back for sure. But what I'm saying is if you think he's ready for week three, do you get a surprise cut at wide receiver? I would say Fehoko and, and Houston being the, the players that would be at the, at the utmost risk. Or do you carry seven wide receivers? And maybe it costs you a roster spot in another position group across the entire team. So let's see some of your gut feelings right now. Uh, Gallup on pop, says Samuel Rowe. Toxic Tom says pop as well. Six to Midnight says IR. Uh, Jose Christian saying Gallup is not going on pop because he will be back by week three or week four. Healthy scratch, says Lumen. Gregory with pop. Let's see. Mo, I've been saying spooky season since Bruce got the toxic use. So if he's ready for spooky season, then I'm guessing Bruce is aiming towards a, a start at pop, right? Four games is the pop limit to six to midnight. It is. Gallup equals November, says James Ruff. So James even more skeptical about where Gallup is in his recovery. I think October is looking like the worst case scenario, but maybe I am being optimistic. I've said it before. The one reporter that is out there putting a more defined uh, timetable is, is Todd Arker. And he's, been and, and he's been saying one to two games for a while now. And he's been speculating a lot about the fact that Gallup could be, you know, taking a spot on this roster even if he is a healthy scratch to begin the season. Not a healthy scratch. So now, now that I am, I am thinking about it, healthy scratch is not the right ter term. It's just inactive, right? A, an inactive wide receiver on game day. Jose Cristian says, Tolbert is basura. I don't know. I, I talked about this last, uh, last night. I talked about how, to me, he was one of the weekend's losers. I'm not pressing the panic button, though, at all. I'm not even concerned about Jalen Tolbert, but he, he does need to do some things better. And, you know, he's had two drops in preseason games and it was likely on him not to be inbounds for what would have been a touchdown pass from Cooper Rush on Saturday night. But I'm not pressing the panic button though. 
Professor O says, sorry, I am late to class. Go, I'm late class. Go ahead and open your textbooks to page 14. Shout out to Professor O who's here on the show. Now, big question though as well. Once Gallup returns, whether it's week three, whether it's uh, week six or seven, starting the season on pub or whatever it is, when he returns, who's the odd man out for you the moment Gallup returns? Out of the other likely six wide receivers to make the team, who's the odd man out? Let me know your answers in the chat, whether you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. Let me know who's your odd man out the moment that Gallup returns. While you give me your answers, though, and before I give you mine, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because, as always, we've got the right of the week segment. And this time, we're talking about the CX-5 Grand Touring. This is a special vehicle. You can check it out on the website to look the interiors, uh, the pictures of the interiors, the exterior as well. But it's got all-wheel drive, third-row seating, perfect for families, adaptive cruise control, Wi-Fi hotspot, a feature that I cannot get over, uh, sunroof and a miles per gallon capacity of 20 in the city. That goes up to 26 in the highway. Check out FreemanMazda.net because when you pick Freeman Mazda, you are choosing a lifelong partnership for your car dealership. Check it out once more. That is FreemanMazda.net. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Houston... Brown, Noah Brown says James Ruff. I'm actually surprised at reading Noah Brown answers. Uh, James says Noah Brown. Samuel also said Brown. We've got Mark Andrew on Facebook and Gregory with Brown. That's interesting. That's something that I didn't expect. Honestly, I thought most answers would be between Dennis Houston, the undrafted free agent, and Simi Fehoko. Professor O says Houston. Ha Lee says Houston. King Element, Houston for sure. Six to Midnight says Washington or Fehoko. So what I am thinking is Washington likely starts the season on IR. So I would guess he makes the initial roster, is put on IR, and then the Cowboys by game day uh, have other wide receivers there. Brown, I believe we will be okay. This is Greg Turner. Definitely Houston. Houston, we have a problem, said Lumen. Fehoko will be a huge red zone target this year, says Jose Christian, and Kenneth Fraser goes with Houston on Facebook. Honestly, right now, I am leaning towards Dennis Houston. I'm excited about him for sure, but he is an undrafted free agent, so just going by the likelihood of things, I am guessing the Cowboys end up you know, trying to find a way to get Dennis Houston into the practice squad. It's going to be interesting, though, because they will be competing even when the season starts. So Fehoko and Dennis Houston, who to me are the two most likely to be the ones out. They're going to be competing beyond training camp, beyond the preseason. That will be something to watch. And if they get playing time, if they see the playing field on offense, they're going to have to do the most out of the few opportunities that they get. And of course, they will also have to show up in special teams for John Fassel. Fehoko has a little bit of more experience there just in being a returning player from last season. So I would I would lean towards 
Dennis Houston being the odd man out. I will say this. Noah Brown is likely having a bigger role than many Cowboys fans think in 2022. Just going by the fact that he is getting rest, he is not getting played out there in the preseason, and we've seen in training camp, we've seen him really take a starting role with Michael Gallup and James Washington out with injuries. Because you've got, right now, you've got uh, Noah Brown getting asked to be a little bit more than a run-blocking wide receiver. He's out there running legit routes. He's out there being used as an actual wide receiver, which is a new thing maybe for him with the Dallas Cowboys. And he's also been responding very positively so far in the pre in the preseason and in uh, training camp. So I, I, I think that Noah Brown is safer than many would say. I actually was surprised at seeing some of my... Uh, some of your responses on the chat because many people said Noah Brown. Now, you might be right. The Cowboys might end up getting super surprised about Dennis Houston and then decide to, to get rid of Noah Brown, but it would be a surprise. Let's see. ACL injuries are like stubbing your toe now, says Jose Cristian. And, you know, of course, that is an exaggeration, but Jose is on something. Gallup might really be ready for week three, man. I wouldn't... I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. D-Shift says, who are our top offensive weapons in the pass game? Honestly, I would say it's CeeDee Lamb, Dalton Schultz. I'm not sure who's number three, though. I'm not sure. For uh, Hopefully, it's Jalen Tolbert at some point. I know he has not showed up in the preseason as we would like him to. But that's not the end of the world. Just think about Jamar Chase dropping every single football thrown his way as a rookie in training camp last year. I'm not saying that Tolbert will be Jamar Chase, just saying sometimes they learn these things quickly. And Tolbert has not had like a terrible training camp. It's not like we've heard bad reports about Tolbert out of Oxnard. That didn't happen. He actually had a solid camp as a rookie. But... By a wide margin, CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz are the one-two punch of this team in the passing game, I would say. Now, one thing you want to see from Dalton Schultz is maybe get him a little bit more involved in more vertical routes, more vertical routes, and maybe try to get him to be a little bit more of a deep threat as well in the passing game. Because for a long time, uh, we've talked about Dalton Schultz not being targeted deeply in the passing game. Uh, and you look at the average depth of target for a lot of tight ends in the NFL, and Dalton Schultz is more or less average in that category, even though he finished the season as one of the most productive and most efficient tight ends in 2021. I would like to see more of that from him. The Cowboys will get him in several situations in which he's in uh, sometimes lined up as the two from the outside end. So you've got a wide receiver on the sidelines and then Dalton Schultz as a number two and then another wide receiver. So Dalton Schultz maybe is lined up wider a lot of the times. I would like to see vertical routes from that position, for example, from Dalton Schultz. Bob Sturm about a couple of months ago wrote about how 
the Chiefs will get in these three by one formations, three receivers to one side, another receiver to the other side as the isolated guy. And Bob Storm wrote about how the Chiefs used Travis Kelsey as the isolated guy, and he can win that way. Could we see something similar from Dalton Schultz? Those are important questions. Schultz is not going to be Travis Kelsey, but will the Cowboys get him in a position to dictate coverages? Something that really didn't happen last year. Because if he's going to be your number two weapon in your passing game, you likely need to be able to strike some, some, some fear in defensives in defensive units with your tight end. Let's see. Uh, Jaybird says, hey, Mo, Dalton is great and finds the open field. But if he goes down, I think Ferguson has a chance of taking number one. Thoughts? Well, as long as he's injured, I mean, Ferguson is your backup. I will say that it would be optimistic to think that uh, Ferguson has a shot at taking Dalton Schultz's role in year one. I mean, as I said, if, if Dalton Schultz goes down while he's injured, of course, Ferguson steps in as the number one at tight end. But I think Ferguson will take time. That's just natural. And I'm excited about Jake Ferguson. But Dalton Schultz became one of the most productive tight ends in the NFL. So maybe that's a tall ask of a day three draft pick in year one. I'm excited about Ferguson. I'm excited about the fact that he can block the way that he blocks. Uh, he's willing. I think that Dalton Schultz is a better blocker than many people say. And this could actually be a pretty cool duo for what the Cowboys want to do. Are we in love with what the Cowboys want to do offensively? Maybe not, but at least they fit what the coaching staff wants to do. And knowing that that's what the Cowboys will operate under, that, that should be exciting up to some point. Toxic Tom says, I have Schultz in my dynasty league, a good tight end. If you can't land and lead one, especially in PPR. Other than that, I'm not going to read the rest of that. But yeah, <laughs> Toxic Tom is right. Dalton Schultz is a pretty solid pick for a PPR league. By the way, I was going to do it, man. I was just a small parenthesis here. We are what? Less than one month away from the regular season. I was this close to getting to the NFL kickoff without a single fantasy football league. Let me tell you something about myself. I don't like fantasy football that much. I really don't. It's not my thing. And it's funny because, for example, I've got friends that know that I do this and, and know that I love football and love, know that I live for the NFL. And they're always asking me for fantasy football advice. And I just give them what I know in terms of the NFL, but I've never really studied how to actually win in fantasy football. Not to mention, I am exactly the kind of guy that forgets the lineups, that is never really just looking out for waivers, seeking trades. I'm not that guy. I was so close to getting to the season without any fantasy football league, but it looks like I am joining one with some uh, content creators in Mexico of and I felt football. <laughs> Professor O says, make sure to hit the like button or I will sneak into your bedroom and flick you in the ear while you are sleeping. You don't want Professor O to do that. So hit the like button. Uh, remember that every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans. Let's see. 
Two weeks, baby. So six to midnight. Two weeks. Two weeks for the regular season. Jose Christian says, I thought you would say that you danced to Ricky Martin in the shower. Who doesn't? Jose Christian. Who, who, who doesn't dance to, to Ricky Martin in the shower, right? I'm a singer. I'm a shower singer. I will tell you that. Most draft kickers early and often. They fly off the, bar, the board fast. <laughs> There you go. There you go. I'm getting some fantasy football advice right now. Anyways, moving on to the next topic. And this is more of an invitation to check out the ADC Sports Film Room breakdown on Michael Parsons. It's quick. And this is what I love about this YouTube channel. You guys need to subscribe to it. The videos are about five to six minutes long, things like that. James Foster gets to the point. He breaks down a player. He talks about his strengths, about his weaknesses. And he put together a breakdown of Micah Parsons. I recommend you go check it out after prime time is over. But here is the quote that I liked the most out of the entire breakdown of Micah Parsons. He's talking about how impressive it was that Parsons, being a... a new player to the position because, you know, he was playing linebacker in his final year in Penn State and didn't play. Uh, he opted out of the COVID season. And then he starts playing edge rusher after an offseason of preparing as an off-ball off linebacker for the Cowboys. And James Foster, the analyst for ADC Sports Film Room, points out how impressive it was that Parsons has a such a wide range of pass rushing moves. And he talked about that being impressive for a player that was learning the position. And then here's this quote. Compared to other pass rushers, Michael Parsons is so much quicker with his feet so he can use a really wide range of moves. And even if the hand placement or timing isn't perfect, everything is happening so much faster from the offensive tackle's perspective that it doesn't really matter. I love that quote. And I love it for a lot of reasons. And we talked about this before on the show. And, and this is the perfect moment to throw out this question here in the chat. Truth or false, Micah Parsons will be even better in year number two. We've talked about this plenty throughout this offseason. There's this narrative out there. There's this storyline saying that, you know, players will catch up to Micah Parsons' speed. Uh, he's a one-year wonder. He will not be the same. Uh, sophomore slump, blah, blah, blah. But I've said this before, man. One thing is knowing that Michael Parsons has the speed and another is matching that speed in the playing field. But then the point that James Foster makes that we maybe don't talk too much about this, but Micah had an actual pass rushing toolbox. He was not only using speed to beat offensive tackles. And James Foster, if you go watch the video, he will actually point out how one of his best moves was a counter to that speed move. Uh, so that inside counter in which he crosses over the offensive tackle's face and gets to the quarterback via the C gap, right? So inside of the uh, the B gap, excuse me, inside of the of the tackle between the guard and the tackle. So truth or false, he will be even better in year two. Toxic Tom says, do you mean skill-wise or statistically? I am talking about the player. Will he be better? Will the Cowboys be able to do even more stuff with Micah Parsons? And will he prove to be more than a one-year wonder, right? And pretty much every answer right now is a positive one. 
Jose, Gregory, Adam, John Jones, D. Shift, Bruce got the toxic use, Gilbert on Facebook. All of you are saying yes. Toxic Tom says he might see a slight regression in stats. Hey, I'll, I'll agree to that. Uh, it was a high number of sacks for for uh, Micah Parsons, but I think he will really reach that next level as a defensive player. And even as a pass rusher, man, I don't know if he will have a lower pressure rate. That was something special, highest pressure rate since 2016, but he might get close to it once more. He really will get uh, close to it, I believe. Jaybird says, Micah will be focused on specially game one, but that man is a lion. He will eat and get 13 plus sacks. There you go. Six to Midnight says, did you play football, Mo? I played one year of high school football. Here's, here's my flash story for you guys. Uh, a, a, my career as a football player. I've been obsessed with football ever since I can remember, right? Uh, like truly obsessed. My mom never allowed me to play football. She never did. And one of my best friends played football and he was so good, man. Uh, <laughs> always wanted to play football. It wasn't until high school when I finally, you know, felt like enough of a rebel to say, you know what? I don't care. I will play football. Signed up for the team. Started playing. Was a third string running back of the team. Earned my weight into special teams because I was one of the fastest players on the team. Uh, it was between me and a cornerback who ended up being actually a pretty good player nationally at the college level here in Mexico. And I came from a from a from a track and field background, so you know I was one of the fastest players. Was a gunner, was the number one in the kickoff uh, return uh, kickoff unit, and ended up tearing my ACL. And my mom was right all along. I was going to get hurt. I was bound to get hurt. <laughs> and then I, I didn't even, uh, you know, I just felt like I checked that box. I played football. That's that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> that's my, my football story. There you go. I, I think I showed you the picture not that long ago when we talked about Cavante uh, Turpin. Because it's a pretty funny picture because I look tiny. And then, because <laughs> I'm a, I'm a short man comedian, as Skywalker still says. <laughs> and, you know, there's these two towering tackles. Toxic Tom says, Mo, can we hear your tackle Charlton story? <laughs> That's a good story. Not yet, Toxic Tom. One day, I promise you, one day I will tell you my tackle Charlton story. It involves a curse. It involves a DM. <laughs> That's all I can tell you now. Someday I will tell you my Tackle Charlton story. I don't know when, though. That's all That's all you get. You get a teaser. <laughs> yeah, man. Heard Mo Towers over Turpin. There you go. Anyways, before we get out of here... Some of your comments, man. It's it's hard to, to keep a straight face when doing some of these shows, not going to lie. Before we get we, before we get out of here, Mike McCarthy was roasted, man, in the athletic football show. And I want to play this clip for you just before we get out of here because I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed a lot, and I wanted to show you 
guys it on tonight's show. So this is Nate Tice and Robert Mays. Robert Mays is the first one speaking. It's a great podcast. I do recommend you uh, listen to it, the Athletic Football Show. They get into a lot of X's and O's stuff. That's the reason why I love it. Nate Tice is a, a former Wisconsin Badger quarterback, son of a successful football coach. And they were talking about the top 10 offenses in the NFL for the 2022 season. Nate Tice has the Cowboys in his top 10. Robert Mays does not. And he's talking about some of those concerns. You know, the usual stuff that we have been talking about for months. Uh, the swing tackle situation, the wide receivers, and of course, the coaching staff. I have some concerns about what happens <laughs> if they move one or two pieces up front. And that, that combined with the skill position talent and the fact that I have my reservations about this offensive coaching staff still. I okay, that's I was just about to crack a joke. I go every time I get excited, I always remember, oh, hey, Mike McCarthy's still there, and I know he's not calling plays and whatnot, but it's still that that stank is still when like I just, turned just down just the Mike them. McCarthy way last night. I just started laughing. My hotel was right off Mike oh, McCarthy way right. in Green Bay, named it. and it's just I hear the GPS turn left on Mike McCarthy way. It's that's hilarious. That is really funny. Did you see the shed where he studied, you know, all the stuff that got on the Cowboys job? You know, when he did the the analytics deep dive camp that he was doing that one year. Did you drive by that? My understanding is he lives in like a hundred acres. There you go. Man, I laughed so bad at, at the Mike McCarthy way in Lambeau Stadium. So they had this Mike McCarthy way. So, you know, they named the street after him and they're just laughing at the fact that that exists. It's funny, man, because he, he did win that Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. It's such a weird storyline for Mike McCarthy. And we'll see if they can change the storyline. Maybe another reminder of the scrutiny that the Cowboys coaching staff should be under in the 2022 season. I wanted to share that with you. Let's see. Before we get out of here, let's see. Uh, Professor O, bro, that one guy's voice is what people probably think I sound like before they actually hear me. Probably means uh, Robert Mace because he has this uh, very specific voice. I agree. <laughs> Let's see. Man, I want the Cowboys to win a Super Bowl to shut up the media. That stank. Yeah, Toxic Tom. That when, when he said that stank, I was just laughing. I was driving and I was laughing, man. But hopefully, as Jose says, they shut us up. And the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore go out there and really just solidify themselves as successful coaches. We'll see if that happens. But anyways, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you guys for tuning into tonight's show. Do me a favor, hit the like button, share the stream. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, let your friends know about primetime. Also check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We've got new articles up there every single day of the week. Uh, also, Remember, primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Tomorrow night, we've got one cool thing once more. We haven't done that in a while now. We'll talk about some interesting stuff regarding the Dallas Cowboys. And I hope that you enjoy your Monday night. It's just Monday now. Uh, I don't know why I feel like it's Tuesday or Wednesday. I do have a very one cool thing, though, to share with you tomorrow night. I will see you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the show. Bye-bye.